0: You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
1: This is Pharmacy Crossroads with your host, community pharmacy business veteran, the road trip Guy, Bruce Neeland. Community pharmacy is at a crossroads. Pharmacy owners across the country are evolving their pharmacy businesses and making a bigger impact on their communities. Bruce talks with the most innovative community pharmacy owners, pharmacy industry experts, and people who are passionate about the business of pharmacy and its impact on community health care. Pharmacy Crossroads is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And now, here's our host,
0: Bruce Neeland. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pharmacy Crossroads. I'm your host, Bruce Neeland. Pharmacy Crossroads is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. The Pharmacy Podcast Network is home to more than 30 programs provided by companies, pharmacy organizations and dedicated professionals, all working to support the profession of pharmacy. This program Pharmacy Crossroads is geared to those who own a pharmacy and anyone that works for a company or otherwise cares about the future success of independent community pharmacy. For this episode, I'm joined today by two remarkable pharmacy professionals. First is Donald, better known as Sparky Hedden, owner of McCoy Tigert Drug in Sheridan, Arkansas. And it's fun to be able to announce that McCoy Tigert Drug, I said it right this time, was recently announced as the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. Congratulations to you that for that, Sparky. And also nice. joining us is Robert Mosby. Robert is the Good Neighbor Pharmacy business coach who works with Sparky and the team at McCoy Tigert. So Sparky, let's get started. Tell our listeners just a little bit about the physical layout of your pharmacy. What's it look like when somebody walks into McCoy Tiger Drug?
2: Okay, Bruce, thank you. Uh, we're in a little shopping center. Uh, there's a grocery store on one side, and there's a pizza place on the other side. Uh, our store is 10,000 square feet, but our gift department is uh, 7,500 square feet. So uh, in that gift department, we do bridal registry, baby registry, tuxedo rentals, we have a large razorback gift section and uh, many other things. Uh,
0: and, and razorback is what for those who aren't familiar oh, with Arkansas. If you're not,
2: uh, that is the University of Arkansas logo. Okay. And if we're winning or losing, if we're winning it really sells good, if we're losing it still sells good. We're not, <laughs> so uh, uh, we're, our fans aren't fickle. They, want, they, they 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 buy razorback products year after year now if we're doing really good they really buy Razorback products but uh, that's the that's the gift part and then my, my daughter actually is the gift shop manager for the store and my son is the, the pharmacist and, and the pharmacist in charge and uh, one of my partners in the in the pharmacy part that other 2,500 square feet is the pharmacy part we have the a pretty good size otc section uh a lot of good neighbor vitamins and good neighbor uh products that uh that will go along with our good neighbor pharmacy and we have a pretty good size uh dme department now the pharmacy the 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 pharmacy part we moved here in 1994 and we've remodeled three times since then when we came over in 94 bruce we had two full-time pharmacists and one part-time pharmacist you'll remember that that was myself phil tigert and his dad A.C. Tiger, do you you'll right. remember A.C. from the years ago? Yes. Had one full-time tech. Well, now we have three full-time pharmacists, four part-time pharmacists, and six full-time techs on during the week. And then on the weekend, we'll have one pharmacist and three techs on Saturdays and Sundays here. So we've kind of changed from 1994 until now.
0: <laughs> well, that's great progress. And uh, Robert, uh, jump in and tell us a thing or two you notice about McCoy Tiger that makes them so outstanding.
1: Okay. Yeah. The, uh, the front end is obviously impressive. It's a large, impressive store. Uh, what sticks out in my mind the most is their, their level of community involvement. Uh, it's really a hub for the community. Um, you know, like spark was say, if somebody gets married they go to McCoy, Tiger to register, if they need a tuxedo for prom, they go to my tiger. Um, they're just involved in everything. They're involved in youth sports, uh, involved with the schools. Um, Almost every civic organization, they have somebody that's a member or on the board, um, they're on the board of the Women's Shelter, United Way, Lions Club, you name it, they are extremely involved in the community. And that really shows in the pharmacy that, that they are an actual hub for the community.
0: Sounds so, to me like if you go to the dictionary and look up independent community pharmacy, you're going to see a picture of Sparky on the, <laughs> in, in the definition, right? So Right. So Sparky, when we spoke the other day, and you know, to bring this up to to more modern day things, you, you told me a story about when COVID hit, how you put up this big tent, and how you hired high school kids or whatever. Uh, tell the tell our listeners how you how you a big a big long time existing pharmacy there. How did you adjust so rapidly and so effectively for COVID? What's some of the things that you did?
2: Okay. Uh- in the middle of march you know when covid became a reality to the whole nation uh we knew we had to do something to protect our staff and, and our patients i think there's a monday like in the middle of march uh we had people coming in and at that time nobody was wearing masks and i just said that we have got to do something for our staff my my, my main object was for my staff to be uh taken care of and be protected but also i wanted our, our patients too so the that Tuesday morning, we just put up a pop-up tent, and people drove up front. And we uh, had the door locked, and they would uh, our employees would get the prescriptions and take it back to them and bring it back up to them. Well, we knew that wasn't going to work for long, so we had a There's a Little Rock tent Notting company that's that they're that, that's just 20 25 miles from here. They built us a 30 by 40 foot tent that was a drive-through tent, and uh, we would have I hired ten or so high school and college students because they were out of school because of the pandemic. Oh yeah, yeah. And they would uh, take the people drive through. They go up to them, take their prescription, bring it back to the pharmacy. We'd fill it. They take it back up the front, ring it up. The people had gone and parked out in the parking lot because we had. Uh, you know, people driving through that tent, there'd be two or three people in that could get through that tent at one time. So as they were going through, uh, the, the kids would have their make and model their car. And then when they would take the mess and back to them out in the, out in the parking lot, and they would walk from 10 to 13 miles a day each. So that means that's like 50 miles of walking. Our kids were doing every day. And they were there seven days a week, either four or five of them were there seven days a week. Uh, one of the young ladies, uh, walked 850 miles during that six months there.
0: Good grief. And <laughs> I mean, and, and we're not talking about a, I mean, you're filling five, 600 scripts a day, right?
2: Uh, more like seven or eight,
0: seven or 800. That's yeah. a lot of walking and a lot of, a lot of cars parked in the parking lot. That's, that's amazing how you adjusted it. I mean, any feedback from the community on the process and is it still going that way or where are you now?
2: Uh, we had great feedback from it. Uh, people are—they uh, appreciated us taking care of the safety of them and also the safety of our of our uh, our workers. But uh, we just had so many outstanding young people that they just shine bright on our our town and our uh, and our store. Many many compliments and comments on those young people. Now we had to quit in mid-August because they all went back to school. So we took the tent down and. We we put all the the plexiglass up and we got you must wear a mask to come in the store. We got sanitizing, so we're, we're we're taking care of now. We're 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 in a good shape as far as the pandemic, but we got fantastic feedback. We picked up actually picked up several customers by the fact that uh, we were. Uh, I, uh, had their health in mind, you know, they were going to Walmart and they'd stand up there and nobody had a mask on. And yeah. And, and uh, so we picked up several, several patients just because of the fact that we were taking care of our people.
0: Well, the other thing that you did that impressed me a lot was uh, your med sync program. How many people did you have on MedSync before it started? What do you got now? And tell us a little bit about how that's helped handle the, the volume.
2: Okay, that, that's a good, really good question. We had like 160 on MedSync. We've been doing for oh three or four years, and um, the the computer system we had before did not, wasn't very friendly for MedSync. But the one we've got now is, um, we we had like 160 patients on there. And uh, Robert, that's one of the things that he came up with. He's, one, he's a business coach. And one of the things that, that they impress is sync. You know, that, that helps a lot of things. But in this case, we went from 160 to uh, more than 1,000 from mid-March to mid-August. And now we're at, we're at 1,200 now. But we, our techs just put it, take it on themselves to sign up people. We had a little contest with them. And they would sign up one person a week each uh and then we we had a, a group contest and a store contest well they overshot uh our goal just unbelievably it was mind-boggling to me to have a, a thousand people on that so after that 750 we gave them all either option for a restaurant card or uh get their nails fixed at the nail place next door and then when we hit the thousand we get every, every employee in the store not just the tax ah. got a uh fifty dollar gasoline credit card so the, the, the uh, We just showed them how much we appreciated what they were doing for us in the community. And this kept people from just still coming to the drugstore three or four times a month. They just got to come like like once a month. And that helped them stay in their house more during that. The, the, this pandemic still going on, I know, but uh, stayed in the house more, not coming to the store three times a month and kept them from being exposed as, as much uh, covid
0: well, Robert, it sounds like that's high praise for you um, helping to make that happen. What's another thing or two that you see Sparky doing that you wish other pharmacy owners would do?
1: Um, one thing they put a real emphasis on their store appearance. Um,
0: on their store, store, what? Say
1: again. Store appearance. Uh, kind of the. Oh, appearance. How the, how the store looks. Yeah, gotcha. They they Sparky expects things to be clean, looking sharp. I mean, he recognizes that people want to go to a, a place that looks good. <clears throat> the way I kind of talk about that with stores sometimes is you think about your local gas station and a new gas station moves into town and they're shiny and have the bright lights and new. And the gas is the same price at both gas stations, but everybody's going to the new shiny one. Um, Sparky understands that and he keeps his farm so you, uh, you know, in, in order and looking looking good at all times. Um, I think that's just a important, important piece for everybody. Um, Another thing is he's never content of what he's doing now. Um
0: he's oh, always looking, yeah.
1: looking to the future. I mean the pharmacy's over a hundred years old. Um, but they're focused on the future and they're open to change. Um whenever I meet with Sparky, we're usually not talking about what's happening now. We have to I have to rein him in sometimes to talk about what's happening now, but our discussions are usually about what he's planning for the future. And that's a I uh,
0: uh you know something uh, to
1: work with Sparky on.
0: I I'm thrilled to hear that. Um because uh you know so many times i i I end up pharmacists all they want to do is talk about how it was 10 years ago and Mm -hmm. uh and how they wish we would go back and and uh sparky's not a young man and he's still looking to the future that's exciting absolutely hey let's take a quick break and listen to a message from our sponsor hey pharmacy crossroads listeners this is bruce I'm breaking into our program to give you a brief shout out to our sponsor. The Compliant Pharmacy Alliance, or better known as CPA, provides nearly 2,000 pharmacies with business support, purchasing power, and a number of other services. These services help CPA members operate more profitably. If you are looking for, and who isn't, ways to improve the performance of your pharmacy, then you just may want to reach out and talk with the people that make CPA work. It's simple, and they promise no pressure, just answers. Simply send an email to sales at compliantrx.com. Once again, that's sales at compliancerx.com. Now, back to our program. Um, So Sparky look into the future. Profit margins are dropping. you done anything lately to kind of help plug the hole in your profitability.
2: Oh, Bruce, one thing I think that every independent pharmacy needs to do is join a buying group. Uh, I'm prejudiced, but uh, I think that CPA is the best buying group out there. Uh, we've been with them 12 years or so. And at the time it was Ed Heckman that, that, uh, was in charge the CPA, and then he had his uh, first lieutenant was Jay Blackburn, and then they brought on Jim Ross. Well, Ed's since retired, but uh, uh, Jay and Jim are, are still there, and they have McCoy Tigers, and now all, all of our 2,000 pharmacy members, their best interest at heart. You know, they're they're working with us get the 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 best deals and. Uh, I'm not saying everybody need to have to join CPA, but I would, I'd like for you to, but if you don't, you need to be in a buying group. There's no way in the world that, uh, that you can, I don't think survive unless you're, that, unless you're in a buying group. Um, uh, and that's, that's the buying part of it. I, I've got something that, that, just, uh, happening starting next year that I'm very, very, um, uh, excited about. Uh, and very optimistic for pharmacy. It, it there's a new Medicare D plan called Indy health. Indy in the, health, like I, independent, yeah, right? Exactly. Right. I N D Y health. Now we're lucky in Arkansas or maybe you're blessed in Arkansas. We're there. They're starting in five states around the nation, Arkansas, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and West Virginia. And if you're in one of these states, you are very blessed to get this organization started. Now, we are preferred on Indy on Indy Health. All all independent pharmacies are preferred. Preferred. Now that doesn't mean that other pharmacies can't have their patients on Indy Health, but they won't be preferred like we are. So uh, that that's just one thing we need to people need to re- realize on that. I'll tell you uh, how much impressed I was, Bruce. I signed myself and my wife, Cindy, we're both, uh, well, she's not, I won't say how old she is. I'm 68, uh, on this Indy health. And just to see, cause I was going to get on it anyway, but, Oh, I forgot to mention one main part. There are no DIR fees on Indy health. Every pharmacist out there knows that that can be a game changer. There's no DIR fees on Indy health. Wow. I ran my plan for myself just to see, I was on the big box plan last year, and it's going to be, as a patient, it's going to be eight hundred dollars cheaper for me this year, and my wife's like thousand dollars cheaper for her this year. Now that you know, that's not going to go by everybody. But here's the main part: the DIR fees, I will save one thousand dollars as a as a drugstore and on each of us. So, the it's, that's a win-win, the patient is getting a better plan. And then the pharmacy is, don't have, doesn't have to pay DIR fees now. Everybody's not going to be uh, that won't be the best plan for everybody, and we're not going to put anybody on that plan that's that's not that's not better for them. And it won't. I, I've heard of some pharmacies say they had like 50% of the people that Indi's was better on. Well, we are running these, and we've had like 90% of the people that indie Health is better for the patients uh, than the plan they were on. So that's a you talk about a win-win i got a bill, uh, several months ago for the first trimester of the year from one of our big box PBMs, Yeah, $44,000 brief for, for the four month period. So that's going to be like 132,000 of, of DIR fees. I'll be paying just for that. One of the three big, uh, big PBMs. So if we can get half of those people off of uh, big box and get them on the Indy health look at what that, that might save me. And you know, I, I won't give you a figure. It's gotta be, I'd say, uh, you can tell by the, by the figure I gave you, it's going to say several thousand save, dollars a year, several thousand.
0: Saves a lot of money. And and so this is something uh, people should be watching for. If they're in those States that you mentioned, and I suspect it's growing. Uh, so that's a wonderful endorsement and, and I loved it how you covered both ends of the scale. You got to figure out how to buy better. You got to figure out how to sell better. And uh, obviously you figured out how to do that. Uh, I don't know that we mentioned specifically, but uh, McCoy Tiger started in 1895. um, So 125 years now, which is kind of remarkable. So uh, that means that there's been more than one guy who's owned this pharmacy. And pharmacy transition issues are a big issue with pharmacy. Sparky, tell us a little bit about how you guys have handled, uh, at least from your your experience, how you've handled ownership transition.
2: Okay. Yeah, I think, Bruce, we're in a very unique situation in Arkansas, or probably the nation. You know, a store that's been in business since 1895 is amazing. And since 19, from 1925 to 1975 there were McCoys in ownership of the drugstore. there's J.A. McCoy in 1925 and his son D.E. McCoy later on so there was two McCoys that were in ownership from for 50 years in 1964 A.C. Tigert bought in with with Doyle McCoy and became McCoy Tigert and from 1964 to 2017 there were a Tigers in the ownership of the of the store, uh, AC, and then his son Phil uh, got out of farm school in '74, and he Phil worked to that to 2017. So from to from 1964 to 2017, there was a tiger in the store. Right. I, I became a uh, luckily became a partner with them with AC and Phil in 1984. I moved over here in '84, and. Uh, my son now is a pharmacist here also. And he's been he, he's been here like 11 years, he'll be here like 25 more. So we should have a head heading in the as the ownership part for uh, 50 years before it's all over with. So three families have had 50 years each uh, ownership in the in the drugstore. Now, when I came over, uh, I didn't have I didn't have any money to put down now, if you you probably remember when you're in the your 30s, you don't have any money.
0: Um, (laughs) I'm in my 70s. That's (laughs) uh, still the case.
2: I I, I, I can see that too. Uh, So I, my uh, payment was sweat equity. Every month I would have, you know, uh, I had a 10 years to um, get my 25% of the store. And it was, it was no money out of my pocket. It was, you know, sweat equity. Uh, Actually after five years, uh, AC said, uh, okay, you did, you did good. We're going to give you that that 25% after five years. So that, that was really uh, a great, uh, thing that he did for us and my family. And then later on, it became, uh, 33% each, the three of us. And then after AC retired, it was 50% each with Phil and I, and then in 2017 when Phil retired, uh, I bought Phil out for a hundred percent. And so Casey's working the same way. He's, uh, he's doing sweat equity right now. He, he is, uh, up to 20% of the drugstore, so uh, as we go along, he'll be getting at 10% you know, through the years till we get to be 50-50, and we'll, we'll go from there.
0: Well, it sounds like the pattern is uh, you, you, somebody owns it, has a son who takes over, huh? So uh, uh,
2: worked, worked pretty good so far.
0: Worked pretty good so <laughs> far. Uh, I mean, Robert, you've been around a little bit. I know you haven't been there long enough to see the old store, but you mentioned a bit ago about how they've done some somebody mentioned about how you remodeled three times in the last 10 or 15 years i mean what's the store look like Uh, you talked about clean but what can you tell me about how they remodel and keep things up to date
1: i think the biggest thing they've done recently was their their front end and their gift section um they just keep it fresh um it had it been around and you know it was um it just need to be modernized, and so that was the biggest thing I've seen recently. Was they just totally, you know, did a makeover of their front end and updated it. And what I think about
0: that's... technology to help that? They using a the point of sale system, and do you see a, a much going on with just uh, s- signs and specials and all that stuff?
1: I haven't been there in about a year now, so it's uh, okay. I'm not yeah, sure. well, yeah. Well,
0: welcome to COVID, right? <laughs> right. <So. laughs>
1: Uh, yes,
2: we use point of point of sale. Yes, we do, and uh, the petrol inventory and and Bruce. When the store was closed those six months, the key the doors were locked. Robert hadn't got to see this since then. But we redid our front end completely, uh, the the gift part. So it's it'll be a different story when Robert comes in next time, because we had you know nobody coming in. So we just make sure that we got it fixed up when they came in. It's going to be like they're coming to a new place, and our sales in the front end of course they were almost zero for so six months just about but they have picked up to better than the sales were pre-COVID so um, which is a uh, remarkable and in, in my estimation that we could even get close but we're, we're we're surpassing what we were doing month to month last year since uh, we've remodeled and reopened.
0: Fascinating and uh, I mean from our conversation before I, I, I know you like to get your your uh, employees involved in stuff. You've mentioned contests. Um, have you done anything with this, uh, $2 bill thing yet that we talked about, or if not, are you still planning on what's going on with the $2 bill?
2: Okay. I had to order them, you know, I, you, banks don't have $2 bills anymore. you know Did you re- realize that Bruce? Yes, I did. I, <laughs> I ordered them. I just happened to be on the, the bank board. So I'm going to pick them up tomorrow night when we go to the board meeting and, uh, i got this off your podcast uh, with the young lady from, I think it was Albuquerque Albuquerque. Right. I, I thought, and I, I showed it to Tammy. That's the uh, office manager. And she said, that's a fantastic idea what, uh, you want me to share it with them? The people please, that did, didn't listen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she gave, uh, uh got a hundred dollars bills worth of $2 bills for all of her employees. And, she, she gave it to him and said, and I'm gonna do the same thing. Okay, 10% of this, I want you to give it to the charity of your choice. But the other 90%, I want you to spend it on at a local business or a home business in, in town. And when you spend that $2 bills, I want you to tell them what, what you're doing. You're doing it to, to make the uh, independence prosper in, in your little, in your little town and it's coming from uh, this case, McCoy Tiger Drug. So we're going to be—I I think that's just going to be a win-win. Sure, it's going to be a win for my for my employees because they're going to be getting a hundred dollars. Uh, but it's going to be a win for the community, and I think that that may be the cheapest advertising I've ever done. I I can't I can't imagine that not just being fantastic when the uh when people start getting that two dollar bills and they they explain to them why they got two dollar bills i I picked this up on your podcast and i'm very thankful for uh that that idea well you don't have to to reinvent the wheel that's a good thing you're making it for us old guys don't have to reinvent the wheel bruce
0: that that that's true and and um that's one of the reasons we do these podcasts learning from others is kind of the secret of success and 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 your ability to continuously look forward. So is there any major technology change or a thing of that sort that you've got on the drawing board?
2: Oh, uh, you know, we just have to change with the times. We know that. I've been around since 1975. Bruce, remember those days we had the manual typewriters
0: Yes, I do. Yep. Remington and- Raiders, right?
2: Yep. And uh, if when you go in eight o'clock in the morning, if it were, it'd be about you know, wintertime, time it'd be 50 degrees in the store for about the first 30 minutes. The every key would stick, and you had to you hit a key and had to pull the key back. We've come a long way from those days. Uh, you know, we're working 12 hours a day to fill 100 prescriptions in, and we're working our tail off to do it too. Uh, but you've got to utilize technology. You know, social media. Uh, the business coach, Robert, these ideas that he gives us, uh, I don't know if I need to mention this or Robert going to mention this, Robert, about the, uh, that, that those that you ran some of those and let me, uh, know where uh-huh. I can make some more profit. Do you want to talk about that? Or do you want me No, you go, that? go for it. Okay. Uh, he has a list of, they got a list of our, our uh, medicines that we sent into the third party and he came up with or ABC came up with a way uh robert what's that term not not uh adjudicate readjust to adjust uh the uh claims that we've already sent and we they will see the ones that we have money that we could we left leaving money on the table you know it may be 20 30 40 dollars on the prescription if we adjust and uh, send it again and that money not just helps that that one time it'll still be there the next ten times we feel that drug, so that's been invaluable. And if people don't have a somebody help them like that, they they need to. That, that business coach has been invaluable to us. The Robert, buying group. Yeah.
0: Go ahead. He, I mean, Robert. I mean, t- tell us a little bit more about how that works. I'm I'm confused. So you you look at a list of drug prescriptions filled, and what are you looking for, and what can you do about it?
1: We're just looking at opportunities for them to improve their profitability so if we see an opportunity out there um i just kind of made him aware of it that there are some opportunities for him to adjust his um his billing and uh and, and what's great about sparky is he he's always open to ideas so i told him about this idea and i hadn't even made it down the road too far and i'm already getting a call from tammy saying um, <laughs> that hey we're, we're having great success with this so um that's
0: Well, and that's kind of kind of the secret is taking care of the details, isn't it? Um, so COVID hit, uh, you have shut the front front store down for five or six months. You're opened. Now you've kind of totally revamped and re-merchandised and sales are taking off in, in, in fine order. Any particular thing you've done with PPE or any kind of COVID stuff that people should know about?
2: Uh, yeah well the first one was that big tent that tent was about five thousand dollars we put up there and after we after we used that tent Bruce we gave it to the uh, women's shelter and uh, they put it outside the the women's shelter and use it for parking and stuff so that that money that we spent for that is just going to be helping for 30 years to come they're going they're going to be using it we have a women's shelter in town and Tammy and I are both on the board of that yeah Uh, and that was a that was a it, uh, it was like a blessing there the one of the, like the front porch was not very really good anymore so they we just removed the front porch and made that big old 30 by 40 foot uh tent in front of the building at, uh, like a like a new a porch and a uh, it's just uh, that, that's a, that's just one of those blessings beyond blessing we put all this uh flexiglass we have around every you know around, around our counters for our checkout counters we also have it at the, in the farm store where you walk up you know, so so even though we have people wearing masks and our people are wearing masks, uh, we're doing everything we can to keep uh, COVID down. We every time some you know at first the the uh, PBMs would let us just put COVID down for uh, when they sign for the oh yeah uh, well they've already got they've they've changed that now you know they're they're, they're you can't use it on their audits anymore so we have to have the people sign it every time again now. So every time they sign it, we wipe down that pen, we wipe that counter down continuously, we wipe our chairs down in our waiting area. Uh, try to do it every time after we got people leaving there. So we're we're doing everything we can. Give free masks away if you don't have one. Okay. Probably one of our biggest sellers is masks, though. I mean, we've got our town just five thousand, but we're a consolidated school system. We got four thousand five hundred kids in our school system. So all of them have to have you know masks one two three or four masks there so uh that's that's an odd thing you told me last year that one of our big, biggest sellers would be mask i would have thought you uh, were crazy
0: well and i'm still struggling to try to find uh sanita- sanitary wipes and that kind of stuff so the the world has changed um robert we're about ready to finish you got anything else you want to throw in that people ought to know that uh, sparky's doing
1: uh, well, I was kind of thinking about the, uh, you're talking about his transition from Sparky to Casey, um, just other pharmacists out there will know, um, about two thirds independent pharmacies are in the same, uh boat as Sparky. They're pr- approaching retirement and looking at the transition process and, and, and that can be a taunting, daunting, uh, task for everybody. There's a lot at stake. Um, just let people know there's services out there that are available, um, to help with that with. For instance, at ABC, we've got a good neighbor pharmacy team that will work with buyers and sellers, any buyer and seller don't have to be a, um, part of a, a Marisource Bergen group or good neighbor pharmacy, but they're out there and they can help with that process.
0: And, you know, I mean, you, you say that rather, uh, humbly, I guess, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a valuable service. And the point is, is most people have not been through that process before. And having somebody who can hold your hand and, and get you geared up and, and lay out a timeline so you can figure out how to get prepared for it, get into it, and then you know handle that transition as seamlessly as possible, that's, uh, that, that's something that if you're not an expert at, you really ought to bring somebody in. And, and how much does it cost for somebody to bring in the, the good neighbor pharmacy coach, or the uh, transition specialist?
1: that's the great thing. There is no charge for this. And, and these guys are experts. They've got, they've got it down. So they they're a good benefit to anybody who's considering buying or selling a pharmacy.
0: Great Sparky. Any last words for our listeners?
2: Uh, yeah, if we're going to survive, we got to change with the times, you know, uh, like I said, I've been, I was in 1975 with typewriters and now, uh, we've got to use the, the, um, uh, technology that's available to us you know social media a business coach buying groups you've got to be in a buying group if you're an independent pharmacy you cannot survive in my opinion without that you need to be involved in your state and national pharmacy associations they're great benefits to the to the professional pharmacy those people work for us tirelessly all the time uh wholesale trade shows that bruce i've probably learned more at the round table at those wholesale trade shows i I sit i'll sit with you at, at and eating lunch uh-huh. with you at uh, wholesale trade shows and uh, uh I, it's almost like i'm sitting with elvis presley when you're sitting with you though because everybody swarms <laughs> over to see see bruce kneeling <laughs> here uh, and everybody wants to talk to you on those other oh, trade shows but things like that uh, and we've got to get involved in politics you need to know your state representative your state senator and it would be nice if you knew your national representatives and senators but If pharmacy doesn't get involved in politics, we're not going to make it. The other guys are involved in politics, so we're not doing it to to get an advantage. We're doing it to just kind of hold our own.
0: Well, and and on that politics thing, that's one of those things that I'm most passionate about right now is there's no way we can compete with dollars in terms of uh, donations to politicians. But they can't compete with us on the personal relationships we've got in our communities, and, and uh, you know we've got to get our, our our local politicians and our national politicians into our stores, knowing who we are, seeing firsthand what's going on, and uh, and and that's more powerful than money. So uh, thanks for bringing that up, Sparky. Thanks, hey. I think we're about out of time. I've had a great time. I've learned a lot. Thanks so much to both of you for participating. And with that, I'm gonna say so long for now with Pharmacy Crossroads. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. Well, that does it for this episode of Pharmacy Crossroads. I'd like to thank the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance, better known as CPA, for their sponsorship of this podcast. Supporting Pharmacy Crossroads is just one more way CPA is helping independent community pharmacies operate more profitably. To learn more about CPA, email them at sales at compliant RX. Once again, that's sales at compliant RX. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy
1: Crossroads. If you're interested in talking with Bruce, please contact the show. Visit PharmacyCrossroads.com. We look forward to hearing from you.